This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting for financial security for our seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Christine Ross for Libby Zneimer. The week loony and high inflation will impact Canadian snowbirds' winter travel plans. And there's more to fall in Ontario than taking in the fall colours and apple picking. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Big news on the Alzheimer's front this week. There's been a breakthrough in the treatment of Alzheimer's. A new antibody treatment could slow cognitive decline by 27%. Also, a new theory suggests that Alzheimer's might not be primarily a brain disease, but an autoimmune condition. This new research suggests targeting other immune-regulating pathways in the brain could lead to new and effective treatment approaches for the disease. Why do you like the music you like? Well, science has the answer. While preferences may change over time, research shows that people tend to be especially fond of music from their adolescent years and recall music from a specific age, 10 to 30, with the peak year at 14. Other factors include arousal, that's the amount of intensity in the music, valence, a spectrum from negative to positive emotions, and depth, both emotional and intellectual complexity. For instance, classical and jazz music could be high on depth. We also prefer music from artists whose personalities we identify with. Soon, it won't just be Santa Claus who will know when you're sleeping and when you're awake. Amazon is going to start selling a bedside device later this year that will use no-contact sensors and artificial intelligence to measure movement and breathing patterns, allowing it to track sleep stages during the night. Amazon says the health data will not be used for marketing or advertising and will never be sold. The assumption is that we're old, we're quiet, we're not capable of standing up for ourselves. Well, I'm a baby boomer. <laughs> you know, we are going to be saying what we need and making making the point clearly. Terry Dance Benning, who lives in a Victoria, B.C. long-term care home, was among 100 seniors who held a rally to call for more access to green space in their neighbourhood. They say a nearby empty school field could easily become an area for seniors to exercise, socialize, and appreciate the environment. The seniors held placards calling for the development of an elder-friendly park. The popular hot sauce Sriracha has hit revenue of over $150 million. Its 77-year-old creator, Vietnamese-American David Tran, also has no sales team, no trademark, and spends zero in ad spending. A supplier once told Tran that his sauce was too spicy, and a friend suggested to add a tomato base to make it sweeter. Tran ignored that advice, saying hot sauce must be hot. It's a product that literally sells itself. The Vietnamese refugee landed in the U.S. in 1978 when he started creating the famous sauce. The latest Anthony Bourdain biography is already controversial. Down and Out in Paradise is being criticized by some of the late chef's friends and family for being inaccurate. 
The publisher has described it as definitely unauthorized, filled with painfully intimate details about Bourdain's life. Most notably, it brings to light a series of heartbreaking texts between Bourdain and his girlfriend sent hours before his suicide in 2018. Author and journalist Charles Learson based the book on more than 80 interviews and documents, texts, and email exchanges sourced from Bourdain's laptop. The late chef's brother calls the biography hurtful and defamatory. I'm Christine Ross, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. As the cold months approach, snowbirds will have a lot more to consider this coming winter as the price of accommodation, groceries and dining out have all risen. Many are opting for shorter trips south and looking at different destinations as a result. And it's not only travel to the U.S. that will be impacted, as travelers will notice the effects of inflation wherever they go. Add into the mix, hurricanes. We reached travel expert Stephen Fine, president of Snowbird Advisor. We're paying more for just about everything these days amid soaring inflation. How is this now impacting Canadians who are planning to travel south? It's impacting them on the vacation rental market, food, groceries and restaurants, transportation, flights, gas, vehicle transport, uh, real estate, if they own real estate or if they've been purchasing real estate, as well as on the currency exchange front. Right. Well, there you go. The the loony, the lowest level in two years. So I, I assume that spending will become much more discretionary if people do, in fact, still plan to travel. It looks that way. It's going to impact uh, many snowbirds. To what extent will depend on what their means are uh, and how long they're going for and what their spending habits are regularly. But it's definitely a consideration and a concern for many snowbirds. So what are you hearing that snowbirds are doing? Are they still planning to go but shorter stays or how are they adjusting their winter getaways? Well, that's a very good question. And, and we, we don't think there are going to be many snowbirds who don't go away because of the, the challenges faced by inflation and the weak Canadian dollar. But we do think they are going to adjust their habits, as you suggested. Some of them will go away for shorter periods of time. Uh, if they go away for six months regularly, they may go away for four months this year. Uh, the other thing we're seeing is snowbirds are considering different uh, destinations that may be less expensive than their their current destinations or destinations they've gone in the past. Uh, in terms of vacation rentals, that's a big cost for snowbirds. And since the beginning of the pandemic or pre-pandemic, uh, rental costs in many snowbird destinations have either doubled or even tripled. So people are being priced out of the market, looking for alternate markets, uh, either within the U.S. or abroad in places like Costa Rica or Panama or Belize. Uh, or Portugal or other foreign destinations where they may be more affordable. So in this scenario, snowbirds who own property abroad are, are much better off. They are. Now, they, Now on another front, snowbirds who own property have been hit with increased costs to maintain those properties as well. So inflation has, has increased the cost of property ownership. But you're right, they're not going to have to worry about those fluctuating rents. Uh, for snowbirds who are looking to buy a property, though, prices have increased significantly in many popular snowbird destinations, for example, Arizona, uh, Florida, California. So you're looking at even more expensive, uh, high, much higher cost to purchase a property than you were a few years ago. So add into the mix of all of this with, you know, inflation and the, the loony performing poorly. We've got, you know, we've got hurricanes and we have tropical storm, post-tropical storm Fiona that it hit here. Of course, Ian hit Florida, which is a very popular spot for snowbirds. This must all be weighing on Canadians who maybe wanted to head to beachfront properties. How is this impacting them? Are there less available rentals, I would assume, because of it? 
Exactly. I mean, we're not going to know the full extent of the damage from Ian, but it looks like it it hit many parts of Florida. A number of the the vacation rental properties will be damaged, which means the pool of rental properties will be even smaller than it normally is, which means uh, prices will go up. But beyond that, there are a number of people who have rented properties in Florida who they're, they're now maybe damaged to those properties. They may not be able to go down when they wanted to or for the entire season. So what we may see, and this will probably unfold in the coming days and weeks, snowbirds who are planning to go down, let's say, in October or early November, may have to delay their trips until the repairs can be done uh, to the infrastructure locally and to their specific vacation rentals. Uh, in addition, some of them may have to cancel depending how bad the damage is. This weekend... Now becomes much easier to travel. No vaccine mandates, no Arrive Can app, which is still optional. Do you see this possibly translating into more of a boom for winter traveler for those who may have been a bit reluctant before? Well, I, I don't know that we're going to see. We're definitely going to see an increase in the snowbird uh, demographic in terms of travel this winter. But I don't think you're going to see a, a huge spike compared to last year because the fact is mid, last year many snowbirds did go away. According to a survey that we did at Snowbird Advisor last year, approximately 90% or more of, of, of our members did go away last winter. Now, many of them waited until the border restrictions were lifted to, to drive to the U.S., um, and some of the other restrictions were lifted. The travel advisory level was changed. Uh, but we, we, we definitely think there will be an increase, but I don't know if it will be a spike over last year. And what would your best advice be for older Canadians who maybe right now are planning their winter getaway? Well, you know, I think obviously travel insurance is a must for everybody. Travel medical insurance who's going south. Uh, the, the costs of not having travel medical insurance and having a medical emergency while you're away can be catastrophic financially. So that's something you're going to have to secure before you go away. I mean, we, uh, we have our own travel insurance brokerage, Snowboard Advisor Insurance, but there are other providers as well. And you're going to want to go with someone who specializes in assisting snowbirds because they have specific, unique uh, needs and concerns when they travel. Stephen, thank you for this. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. That was Snowbird Advisor President Stephen Fine. I'm Christine Ross, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, autumn in Ontario delivers one of the best foliage feasts in the world. But there's more to this transition season than the changing leaves. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, helping you unlock money you didn't know you had. Members-only discounts that can save you tons. Find out more at carp.ca. It's sweater weather and the vibrant fall colors are arriving with Ontario offering stunning views that are perhaps among the best in Canada. While apple picking and taking in the fall colors have always been quintessential fall activities, if you're looking to add a bit more adventure this fall, we reached Kevin Forget from Destination Ontario. And who better to give staycation tips? Kevin's Twitter profile reads, My job is to tell you about all the cool things to do in Ontario. So this is really the time of year before we flee the cold and to warmer beaches and and climates, and we start to explore our own backyard. So let's dive in with the fall colors, which really is a rite of passage for fall for people in Ontario. Fall is such a short season. 
that it's kind of one of those seasons that if you want to get out and enjoy the fall colors, go do something, you know, do a day drive or whatever, you kind of have to plan to do it really over the next couple of weeks because fall is short, the season's short, and the colors only stay along for so long. What is your best advice for people on the timing and where they should go? So if you're in the GTA right now, you're probably not seeing a lot of color change in your backyard, and you probably won't for the next couple of weeks. But you don't have to really go that far outside of the GTA to really start seeing those colors changing. Because to be honest, I've spent the last week on the road and, and I've kind of gone from community to community from sort of the Coburg area up to Fenland Falls to Aurelia and then up to Muskoka all kind of within one week. And it was shocking to me to see within those hour increments and drives how quickly and how much the changes change between the communities. So you're, you're not seeing a lot within the GTA right now, but in the areas like the Corthas and the Muskokas and even further north, we're almost at about a 50% color change already. People travel from all over the world to come to Ontario specifically just for the fall colors. So we have this right in our backyard. Why not get out and enjoy it? Now, is there a resource online where people can go to find out, you know, what percentage of the leaves have transitioned and where? The best resource, I would say, is the folks at Ontario Parks. They work with all of their parks right across the province and the park superintendents and the, and the teams at each of these parks to update their progression map. So their website, ontarioparks.com, has a fall progression report. And what it does, it's a map of the province, and each of the leaves on the map represent the areas around the province where there's parks. And so it will show you bright reds, it will show you the yellows, it will show you the greens, which means kind of where they're at and what the progression's at. What about people who are maybe looking for something maybe a bit more adventurous rather than, you know, going to the, uh, you know, the annual pilgrimage to the orchard for apple picking or the fall foliage? What are some of the other interesting um, things that people can do this fall? Well, one of the new things that the Muskoka region has created is the cranberry root. And so a lot of people don't realize that Bala, the cranberry capital of Ontario, um, is really the place for cranberries. So there's the uh, Muskoka Lakes Farm and Winery that has a marsh there that you can see them harvesting it. You know, they do the plunge where you put the hip waders on. You can stand almost, you know, uh, waist deep in the cranberries and get those ultimate Twitter and Instagram pictures. But what they've done now is really expanded outside of Bala to give suggested places around the whole Muskoka region where you can go and get cranberry-infused drinks, uh, foods that have cranberries in it, spas and resorts that you can get a scrub with the cranberries on your back. If people check out your Twitter feed, which is, I would highly recommend people do that, you also were glamping. Yes, glamping is one of those things that has really taken off across Ontario. And so there's everything from safari tents to globes now to little yurts and so we've got even a resource on our website destinationontario.com that gives sort of a glamping suggestions but one of the places i was at recently uh, is a place called whispering springs and this is in the grafton area so the best way to describe it is when you know where the big apple is on the 401 that great place where you can go get Mm -hmm. some apple pies just go about 10 minutes north of the 401 uh, to this area called whispering springs and they have everything from the safari tents to treetop tents to yurts And, you know, if you're not a big camper, but you still want to maybe say you did and, you know, you still want to have the campfire and do all that, this is one of those places you can go because the tents are pretty much, I would say, the most glamorous camping you can do. They've got full working toilets and sinks and uh, bathtubs, king-size beds and seating areas, heated blankets for cooler nights. So this is a place that's open 
almost till the end of October for fall, but it's a great place to check out if you're looking to kind of do it for next summer or even next fall. What are some of the um, fall fairs that you'd like to highlight for people? So there is one that happening this weekend. So if you're listening right now, it's happening all weekend long. The Markham Fall Fair um, is one of the longest running fall fairs in Ontario. And you're going to get lots of great produce there, some rides for the whole family and kids. Um, but even next weekend, um, Woodbridge Fall Fair happening um, at the Woodbridge Fairgrounds. So you know, close to the GTA. I know we talked about Bala, but one of the big fall fairs, big festivals outside is the Bala Cranberry Festival. And that happens the weekend after Thanksgiving. And this is also that transition season where people can still get out on the water. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the Trent River Waterway is still open if you're going to go through there, but you can get out on the water, um, you know, and, and even the area I live in, and I sort of boast about, I live in Georgina, so not far outside of the GTA. So if you're looking for just a day trip, you kind of drive up, park on one of the main roads along Lake Drive, grab an ice cream, and just take a walk along the lake too if you don't happen to have a boat. But there are still places across Ontario that still do canoe and kayak, kayak rentals. Um, so you you can definitely get out on the water for sure. Finally, what is your favorite fall activity, Kevin? Personally? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I would say, honestly, uh, camping. <laughs> a lot of people don't think of this time of the year as a time where you can actually still, you know, go camping. The, the, there's not a lot of nights where it's super cold still, and there are a lot of Ontario parks that are, have extended their camping season. So I'm actually going to do some camping the weekend after Thanksgiving. We're hardy Canadians after all, right? Exactly. You know, we can, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, thanks so much for this. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. That was Kevin Forget with Destination Ontario. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Christine Ross for Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Weekend Review is produced by Zeev Huddy, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.